Hello guys. Hi. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. Yep. Welcome back. I uh, know we were gone for a couple weeks there. We, we missed a week. We missed a week, yeah. Yeah. Which feels like a couple weeks. <laughs> it feels like does. it's been a month, honestly. Um, so we've just been crazy exhausted, but mm-hmm. with all of the craziness that's going on. Yeah. I'm I, sure you're all feeling it. I feel like all of these big plans and our change to our podcast came at such an awkward time so we want to thank you guys for sticking with us and listening to us through really this ridiculous time right now oh yeah Uh, absolutely so we're a little late we we, we know you've all got free time on your hands (laughs) (laughs) and i was gonna say we're a little late on doing this episode because a lot of you probably already have heard this from other anime podcasts or youtube channels or whatever but we figured since a lot more people have time on their hands, or you might have people who are now trying to get into anime because of the excessive amount of time they have, we just wanted to give a list of recommendations. And so that's going to be our episode for the day, is just yeah, anime you can binge. Anime you can binge. Um, now, this isn't going to be a top five. five. We had originally planned for it to be. Yeah, we haven't done a top five in, like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, we are going to give you a, a few things that you can watch, so. Yeah, so we do have a couple rules for this, just to make your binge session a little bit easier on you. Uh, we're going to try to not include anime that is ridiculously long, like. So, so you're not going to be trying to binge through 997 episodes of One Piece? Yeah, that's been the one thing that everybody's <laughs> been recommending during quarantine, is go watch One Piece. We're not recommending One Piece. <laughs> I mean... I mean, uh, we're not recommending One Piece on this episode. Yeah, we're not recommending that you don't watch One Piece, but we are also not recommending One Piece right now. Fantastic. So, uh, the other rule is that we're going to not mention anything that is currently running in the season with one exception, and we'll get to that later. Uh, mostly because if you're binging something, you kind of want it to be done. Yeah, you want to just start to finish and just get it all all over with yeah so we are gonna make one exception to that rule and we mentioned this in our last episode which is the reason i'm making this exception so we're bringing that up now and that is high q oh yeah if you've not started your high q binge fest or if you have felt like you couldn't watch it this season because you never watched the first three seasons go watch oh, shit, the first it's on the three fourth seasons. season huh yeah it's Fuck. on fourth season and like eighth ova you know there's there's a lot of haiku but honestly i think out of all of the series we're going to mention here it's probably the easiest to just sit down and binge because it's long but it's so like the pacing it is so fantastic for a binge watch yeah absolutely i remember um what was it like four or five months ago or something Mm mm-hmm uh, I sat down and just rewatched all of Me too. Haikyuu again. I think everybody I knew did. Like, none of us planned it, but, like, everybody on my Instagram and everybody on my Facebook all just started binge-watching Haikyuu again. Right. It and was, even, like, some weird phenomenon that happened. And, and even, like, the Facebook page of uh, Crunchyroll Yeah, was, Crunchyroll was mentioned they wild. were binge-watching <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just, it was a weird time that everyone was just like, yeah, volleyball. Yeah, everybody was just in a mood to binge Haikyuu, and I, I don't know what it was. Like, seriously, I think it was just, like, a few people started doing it, and then they would make posts on their social media, and everybody's like, 
Man, it's been forever since I watched Haikyuu, so then they would binge it? It was just kind of a chain reaction from there. Yeah, but what was funny is that even people I didn't know were binge-watching it at that time, because I remember Crunchyroll made that post that they were watching it, and then, like, the top comment on that post was somebody saying, how did you know I was (laughs) binge-watching Haikyuu? Like, it was a weird phenomenon. Everybody just started binge-watching it again. So, yeah, I do technically count this one as finished because the first three seasons were kind of its own thing. Where the newest season is a completely different arc. So, I I would say that this one's technically not breaking our rule, but technically is. It, it, it is and isn't. Uh, yeah, so go, go binge the first uh, three seasons and six OVAs. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of OVAs. Isn't isn't there a movie, too? The movies are actually just kind of like recaps of the seasons. Okay. So you could watch those instead of the shows, but I don't recommend it because they leave a lot of stuff out. But if if you've already seen all of Haikyuu and you're just looking for something to watch, I actually do recommend the movies because they included bonus scenes that were only in the manga. So if you've only watch the anime those are the only ways you guys are going to get those scenes so so if you're a veteran to haikyuu go binge the movies if you are new to it watch the show don't watch the movies yet the movies are just kind of a pain in the ass to watch because they're really long and they just cut so much stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then you get those Uh, really heartfelt that's, ending scenes there was especially the shiatarizawa ending scene i was so upset when i found out that wasn't in the anime and then it was in the movie and i'm like redemption yeah uh it seems like the umblada movies do that when they just condense the whole series into one movie like two hours or whatever yeah madoka did that too madoka escaflone did it mm-hmm. uh I'm i think sure escaflone other... was like the first to do it uh, yeah, probably. But Escaflona re- actually reanimated everything. Like, it wasn't just like they cut everything down. Like, they actually went and got a whole new animation staff and just redid the entire series as a movie. Yeah. So Escaflona's different, but same idea. Uh, Madoka remastered everything. Like, if you watch the series and then you watch the movie, you'll just like, wow, look, there's things in the background now. <laughs> Shit, they had a budget this time. Right. So... But yeah, like a, a lot of animes do that. So, all right. So now that that's, we got our exception out of the way, I won't talk too much about Haikyuu because you could just go listen to le- uh, our last episode for that. Yeah. But let's get on the actual list. <laughs> I'm gonna let you start. List, list, list. Um, so I'm gonna throw one out there. That's it's it's kind of weird, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's a fantastic series, but. Uh, it has a twist at the end that definitely makes this show worth watching once. And if you're going to watch it, you might as well just binge it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is, it's a series called The Hentai, The Prince, and The Stony Cat. Now, I know it sounds like trash, but it's actually really cute and really wholesome. Uh, it's It's basically about these kids who... They met in the past and, you know, when they were even littler mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they, they re-meet up and the one girl has all the memories of, you know, their previous summer and everything 
and the boy basically doesn't remember a damn thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the girl's sister is with them, and it's just kind of this cute little slice of life. They go on various different adventures. It's it's cute. Okay. Like I said, the twist at the end makes it really worth it. Yeah. I won't spoil it, obviously, because that's that's kind of the selling point. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, since you gave, you know... Kind of a more serious one. Uh, I I know that it's been a while since I've talked about this series, but I really, really want to include it on this list. Because a while back, uh, we did our Carol and Tuesday episode, and we mentioned that Carol and Tuesday was kind of ruined by Netflix because it was a series that you really should be watching week to week as the story takes place week to week, and it was an awful example of a show to binge. Uh, This show in particular is the exact opposite. This show was released week to week, but it was almost hurt by that fact. And I think this show was made to be binged, and it's almost a shame that it was a seasonal series. And that is Rakugo no Shinju, which is a series that if you pace yourself with it, the thing is you're going to lose information. You're probably going to struggle to remember elements of the story. This is an intense drama series that jumps through multiple timelines several times. It starts off with a long first episode that takes place in modern day, and then it ends with the main character telling to the other characters, I'm going to tell you the story of my life. And then the second episode starts with his childhood, and it goes from there to the end of the first season, which catches him back up to modern day. And the second season takes place immediately after that. So if you're watching this slowly or watching it week to week, the fact is you might not remember what the last episode was about a week ago. (laughs) I know that I struggled with it. I really had to find myself recapping certain things that happened in the last episode when I was watching this, you know, week to week. But then I sat down and I watched the whole thing at once, and man, does it just come together. This series is paced like a film that got cut into 30-minute segments. And I think it's a damn shame, because it's honestly one of the best series ever written and ever made, and I can't blame people for not watching it, because it's just not designed to be a seasonal anime. This is something that easily could have become a classic if it had come out in the early 2000s during the DVD box set era. Mm-hmm. But I think that this might be the opportune moment if you have heard good things about it, but have been on the fence about it, or you just weren't sure it's a thing for you, this is your time to just sit down and binge it. I guarantee you, even if it's not your normal cup of tea, you're not going to feel like you wasted your time on this and you're not going to feel disappointed because the message and the story and the characters are just universally fantastic. You just, you need to change your mindset going into it a little bit because it is different from your normal pacing. Watch it like you're watching an old war movie. (laughs) Because that's basically what it is. It's not really about the war, but it's it's a historical movie, basically. Uh, Boy, we just came swinging right out the gates yeah i know i was thinking we were i was thinking we were gonna talk about popular stuff first but then you were just like here's this obscure anime and i'm not used to that from you so i felt like i had to counter you a little bit 
yeah, that's what I do. You know, I, I like to throw a wrench into the pipework every once in a while. And then I like to fight you. <laughs> you know you can't throw wrenches at me, Tyler. <laughs> it's just dodgeball all over again. <laughs> anyway. Um, so one, like, kind of, I guess on the that same... Uh, route where it's it seems like it's not necessarily made for uh like week to week releasing uh actually i'm thinking angel beats is probably a really good one to binge yeah that one was on netflix for a while yeah and it's still on uh crunchyroll i believe mm-hmm. actually i know it is because i was just looking over the list yeah um so so that one's really interesting mm-hmm I don't know. You've, you you haven't seen it, have you? I have not. Actually. Oh, it's it's really good. Um, it's it's basically about these. They're all like high school aged kids, and they're they're basically stuck in limbo. It's like this mm-hmm. world caught between uh, the afterlife and and life, and you know, basically, it's it's a world that's designed to help them transition over into the afterlife. And, you know, the kids have all found, you know, specific rules or whatever because they don't want to leave the world. So basically, you know, it's, it's like, it's set up as, as at a high school, you know, so like kids can go through their normal daily lives and it helps them move on. Mm-hmm. But they found like if they basically disrupt class and, you know, do different things, you know, they'll be able to stay in the world for longer. Yeah. So... And, and it gets to the point where they actually want to move on, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously shit goes down, but you know, it's, it's really good. It's really interesting. It also has a cool twist at the end. I, I feel like that's going to be like a theme for you. <laughs> nice twist. Uh, nice twist. What Tyler. a twist. <laughs> <laughs> so my brain just broke on what I was going to talk about next, actually. <laughs> So we're going to do a little bit of a power round here because we have a few that are everybody's recommending and obviously we got to put them on the list because even though everybody's recommending them, there's a reason for it. So I know you guys are tired of people telling you to watch these, but you're going to fucking watch them. So, uh, uh the yeah, first, I know the first on that list is pretty obvious because we just binge watched it not that long ago and that would be castlevania yes which just got a season three and if you're thinking wow another three season series you guys come on let me tell you these are short seasons they are very short the first season is six episodes the second is less it's six i was looking so and then the second season is eight and the third season is ten yeah so it's it's less than your your twenty four episode series. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, actually it is, is twenty four. <laughs> literally twenty four. I can episodes. count. <laughs> uh, this latest season was absolutely fantastic. I had no idea what direction they were planning on taking the season in. If I had any complaint, is that there's without spoiling anything, there's we'll talk about Castlevania in a couple of weeks. You guys don't worry, we'll go more in depth on this. But spoiler free, there are a couple characters that are introduced this season that I don't really understand what the point of introducing them was, 
other than to cause angst, and it seems like literally everybody hated these two characters because they didn't do anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> they showed up, they gave some weird backstory about a background character from season two, and then they mentioned that, you know, why they wanted to fight things, and then they decided that they didn't trust anybody, even though they were the ones that came asking for help. Yeah. So, yeah, it it made no sense. It felt like it was just a way for them to tie in one of the other characters into the story without progressing his character too much. And then leaving us with a cliffhanger, angsty ending, which a lot of people are not happy with. So, that whole arc, I felt, was a bit sloppy. But the other two major arcs going on, because this was three arcs crammed into oh, ten episodes. Yeah, right? Man, uh, it was intense. The other two arcs were fantastic. Oh my god. If if the third arc that wasn't very good is like a dollar menu cheeseburger, these are like five-star restaurant arcs. These are your creme brulees and your, you know, I don't know what they serve at five-star restaurants. <laughs> but these are, this uh, is the good shit. It's, it's the normal stuff they serve at other restaurants. It's just in really small portions. <laughs> and more expensive ingredients. That's but, yeah. right. <laughs> they give you real cream. All right. <laughs> so. but, but it comes in, uh, what is it, five different courses? Yeah. The nice thing about Castlevania, and the reason why it's such a popular binge show, is that it goes really, really intense, but it gives it to you, like, five-star restaurants in smaller portions, so it's a bit more palatable, so you don't feel like you're being overwhelmed by the drama or the angst, because I remember by the end of the ten episodes, you're just kind of like, okay, I think I I need a breather, you know? <laughs> right. I think if they had gone for, like, full seasons with Castlevania, you definitely would not be able to binge it. Yeah, it'd be like, a, hey, watch half of this season now, and then watch half of it later. Yeah, so, but with it's at, I think you can get through the full 24 episodes, couple days max, like. Oh, yeah, like, even if you just do, like, uh, a season a day, like, yeah. watch one season, you know, go do other stuff, and then come back to it the next day, or. The really nice thing is season two picks up immediately where season one left off. And then season three is like a couple of months later. Yeah. There's so. like a short time skip, but it's it's not that noticeable. Oh, it's not even a couple of months. It's one month later. Yeah. They mention that several times, actually. Yeah. So and we will go more into depth about what we thought of season three of Castlevania in its own episode in the future. But like I said, obviously we had to put it on this list. So uh, Of course. Uh, the other obviously popular one that you've probably heard people say, now's your time to watch it. And again, is really short and really easy to, you know, take and binge watch is one that we've recommended probably a hundred times on this show already, so we don't even need to talk too much about it, and that's Devilman Crybaby. I was gonna say, is it the Devilman? Devilman! Devilman! So, honestly, if you're curious about Devilman Crybaby, I would like to redo our episode on it at some point, because our original episode was back when we first started, and we didn't really know what we were doing with this podcast. So it's probably my least favorite episode on our entire show. So uh, I I can name one episode that I dislike more, but yes. Yeah, like it's it's not a great episode. 
Uh, I'd like to talk about Devil Man more in the future, but just trust me, it's almost better to go into this show blind. Is it also a 10 episode series? 10 episodes, Okay. Yep. So it's super short. Uh, a lot of people say that they got whiplash watching it, which <laughs> is understandable. I think, ironically, it might be the perfect show to watch right now because it's a show about the whole world going to hell in the matter of a short period of time. Oh, and it's, it's fantastic in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it feels like everything is normal and then the next day everything just went to shit. So, that's... so I think I've mentioned it before, but I did have one friend who had started Devil Man. Uh-huh. And he... he um he mentioned to us he was he was like oh man i started it and i just i don't think i can really get through it it's it's intense and and this was when my D campaign was still going on and this was when talking to him there and all of us that had already seen it were just like yeah it it's intense but if you can make it through the first episode or two like it gets so good mm-hmm. so like just you know we we kind of urged him to keep watching and he did and he came back like the next time we we got together and he was like guys that was fantastic yeah so i will say if you need a show that will take your mind off of current events devil man crybaby would probably be the worst show to watch right now because it feels so parallel to what's happening in the real world right now that it to me, I'm the type of person that I enjoy having that relatability. Like, if if something bad is happening in the world, I like fiction that immerses me in this idea of possible hopefulness. Or reminding me that things could be worse. And Devil Man Crybaby does that kind of thing for me. But other people are not in that same mindset as me. And if... They're feeling depressed or stressed out about current events. They want something more happy or lighthearted or something that's going to not remind them. <laughs> yeah. So it just depends on what kind of person you are. I'm a bit of a masochist. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe it's sadist. That's it. A sadist is you like pain on yourself. That's it. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Um, so do you have any happy anime that you could recommend uh happy anime oh boy um <laughs> i have one that's not necessarily happy but i think does what i was talking about where it's like it gives this hopefulness that its ending is so well done and joyful that i think it it's one of those things that can remind you that no matter how bad things are it can always go back to being great and this is one that You've probably heard your friends recommending if you are trying to get a friend who doesn't watch anime into anime during this quarantine, this is one I would recommend. Obviously, it's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. That one? That's a good one. Yeah, because that one does delve into the idea of the end of the world. It is also a bit of a longer series, too, so it's going to last you a. I think it's officially shorter than Haikyuu. But it is complete, so you don't have to worry about, oh, but they're going to come out with season four in, you know, next fall. But it, it's done. It's completely done. There yeah. is a film, but nobody cares about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. But yeah, it 
And we promised Ethan that we would do an episode on Brotherhood someday and have him on here, but we can't do that right now, Ethan. So <laughs> we can't have you on the podcast right now. Yeah, stay at home. Six feet away from us yes, at all times. all the time. I mean, even after this is done. Please stay six feet away from me at all times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I love Ethan. But yes, yeah, so this is one that you should look into if you've never seen it. And, or if you are trying to get somebody who's never seen it into it, or if you just need something that reminds you to be happy or to be hopeful, go rewatch it. Like, yeah. Full Metal Brotherhood is fantastic. It is. I actually need to go rewatch it. Me too. I mean, obviously, <laughs> because we need to do that episode. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can always recommend girls and panzer that one's lighthearted. that is lighthearted. Right? yeah tell us about girls and panzer it's about tankery that's all you need to know they they took tanks shooting each other and turned it into a sport yeah it's a sports anime about tanks yes it's so fantastic so something that you don't really necessarily know at the beginning of the series but it kind of hints on it like a little bit like read between the lines sort of thing this series actually takes place in an alternate universe where women controlled the government and the world and because of that japan was actually the victors of world war ii and america was on the losing side and thus japan became the powerhouse military country that controls most of the world's wealth, and America became a cultural country that is controlled by Japan. Which is absolutely hilarious, because it's like, what, in the second episode or something, mm -hmm. one of the girls is like, this ancient American proverb. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? And it's like a Ulysses S. Grant quote or something like that. Right? Like, it's so terrible, but it's great. I love it. It also shows sexism on the other foot where the girls are like, oh, I think boys would be too scared to do tankery. Right? Or like men are the ones that are expected to stay home and women are the ones that go out and work. And if men complain about it or try to be like, men can be strong too. The women are just like, shut up. You can't even give birth. You know <laughs> right? I don't need you. I just need your <laughs> semen. Yeah. <laughs> Stay home and feed the children. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah. Great, but awful. You do see several men, like, it's background characters that are, like, housewives. It's crazy. Like... It's... It's... Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. So, Girls in Panzer... And mind you, that's just a very subplot thing, but it's your typical slice-of-life sports anime, except it's about girls driving tanks instead of boys playing sports. Yep. So... And it's so great. I love it. It's fantastic. It's, 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 the, it's the tank nerd in me. <laughs> so we got two sports anime on this list. The sports anime are just good for binging, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it also makes me realize how many depressing anime I'm recommending to people. <laughs> but uh, another one that actually was from last year that I don't think got enough love or appreciation and it makes me kind of sad and I think people should just sit down and give it a chance because I thought it was beautiful uh I think that the mangaka who created it 
uh, started off so small, started off doing their own independent, like, doujins and fan I, arts. I and... swear to God, if you say banana fish. No, it's not banana. That was two years ago. Okay. Pay attention. Close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this artist started off, like, really small. Writing haiku fan fiction, actually, is how they got their name out there. And that's Given. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Given was just absolutely beautiful. That one was really good. I mean, Banana Fish is a given on my recommendation list. but uh, I uh, see what you did there. So this one is sad, but again, I'm the type of person that, like, I like watching characters who are going through hardships or hard times, like, piece themselves back together. Because to me, that's, that's more realistic than a show saying, nothing bad ever happens ever. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so this this is another one that's really sad, but at the end, the message is that you can heal and you can recover, where Banana Fish was the exact opposite. Banana Fish was a tragic story that wasn't going to end well no matter what. Given is definitely more on the uh, optimistic perspective, and I think that's more important right now. Yeah. So, also, the music was fantastic. I'm still absolutely blown away by the main song that they come up with in the first season. And I'm super excited for the movie to be hopefully coming out this year. It might be delayed because of all of this stuff, but just know it it was good. It was fantastic, and you guys should watch it. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Do we, do we want to do some more like new ones or? It's up to you. It's your turn. It's my turn. Mm -hmm. I have all the power. So one I keep recommending to you, I think you need to watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront. Okay. Absolutely fantastic. It's got two seasons, so it'll, it'll last you a decent amount of time. Not crazy long, but you know, it's, it's still really good. I don't know how to describe this one to be honest. It's it's so it's set in a world where it's almost po- post-apocalyptic, but it's mm-hmm. like one city. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's like a rift that was opened up and like monsters will come up through the rift and you know all sorts of weird bullshit. But yeah, it's just it it's really good. The the main character isn't OP. He's just kind of like he does have an OP ability. It's like mm-hmm. his his eyes. He's got the eyes of God. I forget what they call it. Mm-hmm. But he's not good at combat. Yeah. So so he pretty much relies on his allies to you know help him out in in the those times. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it's it's really good. Like I said, I'm not sh- quite sure how to like explain it, but yeah, just just trust me on this. It's really good. Okay. Uh, speaking of anime that one of us has been recommending to the other, I think if you have time now, there's one that I think you need to watch, Tyler. I think this is one that has been on my Tyler should watch. I don't know why he doesn't want to watch this, because I genuinely think he would enjoy it. And that is Running with the Wind. I mentioned this in our last episode. It's the same studio that did Haikyuu. Uh, it's another sports anime, but this one is handled very differently than sports anime. 
Uh, typically, your sports anime tropes are, we're all in high school and we all live for this sport. And this is something that we've all wanted to do for a long time. And now we got to make it to nationals for the third years because the third years are going to graduate. And if the third years graduate, we're all doomed because we'll miss out on this or whatever, whatever, you know, like sports anime all have a very similar formula and they all put gay undertones in it. It's, it's the same stuff. Haikyuu was the only one, in my opinion, that did it all right. Uh, Running with the Wind takes on its own formula. Where instead of it being like a whole group saying we need to do this for the third years, it is a third year who has basically been trying to do this on his own for a long time. He's wanted to get a running club together forever because he really wants to run in this really, really famous relay race in Japan where you run up a mountain and then you have to run down a mountain. And it's really famous. It's the real relay race that takes place in Japan every single year. And he's wanted to do it his whole life. And for him, it's not an issue of graduating so much as it is he's had health problems for a long time. His leg has been in awful shape since high school when he was injured and had to was forced off his running team. And he's like, I only get one more chance to do this and I might lose my ability to walk. And so he's been recovering for years, and his doctor's given him the okay to do this, but he told him, he's like, you're putting your leg at risk. I personally would rather you not do it. And he's like, but this is my last chance. Yeah. So he tricks a bunch of guys in his college into joining the running team under the guise that they can live in this dorm basically rent-free, or it's like super cheap rent, and you get free meals. It's like the cheapest dorm in the entire school, and food is provided, uh, the school pays for almost everything there, and they were just thinking, man, how did we get so lucky to end up in this, like, house? Like, this is the best thing ever, only for it, once the house is filled, for him to reveal the reason they've been getting all these free meals and stuff is because it's an official club, and the school has been funding the club the entire time. Oh, snap! And part of club funding is regular meals that are nutritious and keep your body healthy for doing things like running. So, All right, that's amusing. Yeah. So he gives them two options. He's like, we can either run in a relay and prove to the school that we're a real club, or you guys can move out. Mm. And the thing is that none of these students really wanted to be in a running club uh, one of them was in a running club when he was in high school, but he didn't really do very well. And when he got to college, he took up smoking. He His health has decreased. He's actually the oldest person in the dorm. He's almost 30. So his health has declined. He's a smoker. He really got into college to do uh, like IT work. Running's not something he really cares about. And then another guy wants to be a lawyer, so he's... Now, <laughs> now, when when you smoke and run, do you have to take 12 steps and then do a puff, or like... Actually, his story is really interesting, because he does get back into running, and you see him doing different things to try to force himself to quit smoking. Okay. Yeah. Another guy, uh, probably the healthiest one, 
He wants to be a lawyer, so he's trying to find a way to get out of this. <laughs> he's like reading the fine print on yeah. the contracts, like there's got to be a loophole. And then you have uh, the twins who actually were in soccer in high school. And so running is not a whole lot different for them, but they kind of get tricked into this not only because of the dorm, but also because the main character tells them, Girls really love runners. <laughs> of course. And they both have a crush on the same girl who's the manager of the running team. That's hilarious, actually. Uh, then you have uh, the Neat, who is obsessed with manga. That's his whole life. His nickname is Prince. And he has never so much as sped walk once in his entire life. He weighs maybe 80 pounds soaking wet. He's very frail, and he breathes very hard if he goes down the stairs too fast. That's rough. His entire room is nothing but stacks of manga. And watching him learn to run is absolutely fantastic. It's probably one of the best developments in the entire show. And he gets to be their front runner, which normally would go to one of the best runners on the team. So that's a really big deal. Yeah. And then the final person to move into the dorm, the person who ended up establishing the uh, person limit that allowed them to enter the relay in the first place, actually was a like top-tier runner in his high school. And he is part of the college, but he doesn't take it too seriously. And he's going through a lot of shit, and the main character actually discovered him because he shoplifted some food and was running away from the store owner. So the main character catches him and is like, oh my god, you love running? I love running too, you're amazing. And then he forces him to go back to the store and apologize for stealing the food. And he's like, we'll give you free meals. You never have to steal anything again. So, oh, I forgot, there is one more character. Uh, he was a foreign exchange student from Africa. And he is personally offended that the main character thinks he's going to be a good runner because he's from Africa. Yeah, um, I did catch a little bit of it while you were watching it. Mm -hmm. I remember during one of the races, there was like five of the foreign exchange students from Africa in a Ooh. different school. Yeah. And like the commentators were all like, oh, can anyone stop these, you know, foreign exchange students or some stupid bullshit like the that. The difference is that they actually came to Japan to train to be runners for the Olympics. Where he came to Japan to learn more about the cultural life and study that sort of thing. He actually wanted to go into a business degree, not an athletic degree. Yeah. But he does pick up running, obviously not as much as those guys. Those guys are... They're the kind of guys that you see as the front runners in most Olympic events. Yeah. Like, not to stereotype anything, but... Most Olympic the, gold medals the, do go to people from that region. They are the ones that have been training to run their whole lives. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're built differently than anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, he he does find it a little bit offensive. He's like, that's racist that you think I'm going to be good at running. <laughs> and his, Japan, his Japanese is not great, but he's learning. And he's honestly the best character, and... He's such... He's a weird romantic. He's the one who finds out that the twins both have a crush on the same girl. So, of course, he eggs him on. 
Yeah. Maybe. I well, don't know. No, he also finds out that she has a crush on one of them, but he can't figure out which one it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they identical twins? They're or... identical twins. Okay. She can tell the difference, though. Of course. Yeah. Like, she knows which one is which, and she even messes with people, trying to get people to see. If... But he figures out she loves one of them. And I can't remember if he knows or not, and he's just keeping it a secret, or if he can't figure it out. But it's just one of those fun little plot twists. And then, of course, the best character is this Shiba Inu. Oh, it always, it's always the dog. I know a lot of people just, have been sharing... Just like with Slime, the best character was the dog. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people sharing gifts of the dog from the show and being like, Oh my god, this anime dog is so ridiculously cute. And nobody knows what the show is. And I'm like, would you believe this is from a running anime? <laughs> That's amusing. It's so good if you already like Haikyuu and you've already watched the movies and you're like, I don't need anybody recommending Haikyuu to me, all right? I eat, sleep, and breathe Haikyuu. And you've, you have not watched Run With The Wind? Go watch Run With The Wind. The ending was incredible. Oh my god. If I had to do... If we did a top five anime endings, like just the end of shows, this would easily make my top five. All right. So, that is my positive one for the list. I got one in, damn it. You're one. <laughs> you get one. I got one. I did good. Actually, I do have another one, just because we constantly have to remind Stefan to watch this anime, but I'm going to let you take your turn first. Uh, okay, so this one's going to be kind of weird, mm-hmm. as in it's it's not a specific anime. It's uh, a studio. Okay. Anything trigger. Anything Seriously. trigger. Seriously. If like, you need kind of a first, like, dip your toes into trigger sort of thing, uh, Space Patrol Luluco. Yes. Uh, that one's out there. It's wild. Uh, I mean, personally, for my dip your toes into trigger, I'd say Little Witch Academia. Little Witch Academia is a really very good. easy one. It's a very easy watch. I know a lot of people, mostly Netflix people, because not a lot of people who don't watch anime are going to want to watch something on Crunchyroll. It's, that's kind of diving into the deep end, but for them, something that's a little bit easier would be Netflix. So Little Witch Academia is on there. Kill a Kill is another one that's on Netflix that I know a ton of people have watched. Yeah. The funny thing is, two of our friends have like have watched Kill a Kill with their daughter, but have not heard of Little Witch Academia, and I'm like, you guys that, did it backwards. That's so weird. <laughs> Uh, I know it's not technically Trigger, but Gurren Lagann. Gurren Lagann. A lot of it it's, is the same staff. It's a lot of the same staff, so I'm I'm classifying it under Trigger. Yeah, the team that was originally Gainax, and then the team that worked on that went on to basically do everything for Trigger. Yeah. So. Uh, Plus Promare. Promare so is coming out in May. Once it comes out, like, yeah, it's just... Trigger is just full of so many good anime, and they're all really binge-worthy. It's just, it's fantastic. If you don't like Trigger's normal formula of things, you could even uh, binge-watch Keys Niver, which is very, very different for Trigger, but I honestly thought was still really good. Unlike Running With The Wind, though, this would make my top five worst anime <laughs> endings. Yes. It's not a good ending, guys, but it's still a fantastic show. The plot twist is at the beginning. So. <laughs> just just to fuck with you. Yeah. It, it really is. Like, the plot twist in the very first episode has probably the best first episode I've ever seen. So. Uh, my next one, because we, we kind of have a contract now that we have to 
mention this at least once per episode for Stefan to watch. Sweetness and Lightning. My God. Stefan, if you have not started Sweetness and Lightning, you have the time. It is so wholesome. It is so damn wholesome. This is the ultimate daddy-daughter anime. This is something you can watch with your kids. Like if I you, think your kids would love it. If, I think your wife would love it. Right? Like, if you just need to sit down and just watch something that will warm your heart, mm-hmm. Sweetness and Lightning, 100%. Even if you don't have kids or a family, even if you're just single or you're young, uh, this anime teaches you how to cook. Yeah. So, and learning how to cook right now is a fantastic skill to learn. Right. So I get two good ones in this, uh, two wholesome ones. This one is the wholesome. The wholesome one of, of, uh, maybe this whole episode. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I don't know if I could come up with one that's <laughs> more wholesome. It's in the name, Sweetness and Lightning. <laughs> For reals. <laughs> And most people have seen, like, the famous clip from it of the little girl. The little girl singing shark. Yeah, the, the sharku, sharku, same, 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 sharku. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so freaking cute. The funny thing is that scene is from the saddest episode. Right? So that's giving you guys kind of this, like, scale of how wholesome this series is. For reals. Uh, so, so this one's basically just about, like, a single dad trying to, you know, take care of his daughter, get by in life, and, you know, it helps when he finds someone that, that will help him learn to cook for his daughter. Yeah, and his daughter wants to learn how to cook with him, too. Yeah. Because she's tired of him buying frozen meals or bentos all the time. She misses her mom's home co- or homemade cooking. Yeah. So he tries to do that for her, and it's fantastic. There's even a really cute episode where he tries to find recipes where he can sneak bell peppers in, because she hates bell peppers. <laughs> right? It's it's so weird. That's like a weird cultural thing. Yeah, in, Japan, in America, in Japan, it's like they broccoli. hate bell peppers. In America, they hate broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably my favorite thing about Sweetness and Lightning is that she is written like an actual little girl. She's cute, she's adorable, but she's also kind of a brat. Yeah. She's the kind of kid that would throw a temper tantrum if things don't go her way. She doesn't throw temper tantrums all the time. She's not that kind of brat, but she is one of those, like, you could tell they definitely had a moment at the store where she was crying and he didn't know how to make her feel better or things like that. She doesn't always (sighs) listen, so she does have to be grounded sometimes. She comes home from school. She sits down right in front of the TV and watches her favorite cartoon. She, Her dad buys her toys and hats and clothes for her favorite cartoon because it's what makes her happy. Yeah, you, she's, she's very much written like a kid. She's not written like this eight-year-old prodigy that, you know, yeah. is just <laughs> so mature. Yeah, no, she's, she's a very real child, and she's like kindergarten. So... The only thing that's unrealistic is the amount of hair she has. I don't think I've ever seen a kindergartner with that much hair. Ah, <laughs> uh, so much hair. Yeah. But even, like, the little hat she's wearing in that shark scene, it has the mascot of her favorite cartoon on it. Yeah. It's like this show's version of Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason. Yeah. It's, it's great, you guys. 
Uh, I think we're going to spend the last 15 minutes talking about probably the show that made us want to do this episode in the first place. And I kind of just want to talk about it for the rest of the episode. And we binge-watched this one this last week as well. Unless there's another one you really want to recommend before we move on to that one. Um, not that I can really think of. I have one in mind. Well, I have like three that I'm bouncing around in my head. Uh, this one's going to be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Mm-hmm. Just the first season. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is the second season has a series of episodes, eight episodes, that they, it's called The Endless Eight. It's called that for a reason. You do not want to binge that <laughs> shit. Just trust me. So so the first season, watch, you can binge, it, it, great Second season, you're going to want to break that up. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the coup de gras. Uh, the reason we want to talk about this is because this show blew us away. It's one that Tyler's been talking about on the podcast for a while that he's been wanting to watch. It's been locked away in Netflix purgatory for a couple months. And frankly, the... I want to say it was worth the wait because the dub was absolutely fantastic and i know people who are sub only watchers who still thought the dub was done really really well Mm -hmm. so this is one you could watch in either language which to me qualifies it for being a really good binge series especially for people new to the genre a lot of people who are coming into anime for the first time don't really want to read subtitles and that would be b stars b stars this show was so good, you guys. Right? Um, so I'm glad I looked forward to this. Mm-hmm. It did not get my hopes up. Yeah. Just to dash them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, so this was one that I know a lot of people really worried about because it dives very deep into furry culture. Yes. But I think at this point, I think we can all agree that furries were never really that different from anime fans to begin with. And I think this series could easily bridge that gap in the most positive of ways. I kind of want 2020 to be the year that we stop giving furries shit. So, so here's the thing about furries. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's, it's the most outspoken that are heard the most... Mm-hmm. And usually give the bad impression. Yeah. But that can be true of any group. Like, yeah. that can be said of liberals, that can be said of conservatives, that can be said of... Cosplayers. Cosplayers. Anime it's, fans. It's, it's the loudest ones that make the, the first and worst impression. Yeah. So, not all furries are going to be what you assume they are in fact you might even know a furry but you just don't know they're a furry yeah i think uh not that long ago most people had this impression that anime fans were all just neats living in basements that were watching hentai or only like tentacles or things like that and well those are all kind of stereotypes that we all just kind of joke with and roll with the punches now most i most people I know watch anime to some degree now. Whether it's in the form of a Netflix original like Castlevania, it's, it's or be- if they have a 
Crunchyroll account or if their kids watch anime so they watch it with them. It it has become a a large part of American culture. Like yeah. even if you go to uh, like say a comic book convention, you know that's geared more towards comic book fans. You'll you'll more than likely see someone who's cosplaying from an anime. You yeah. Know? So, and and granted, it's all nerd culture, so it just kind of intermingles with each other. But it's it it's still there. Yeah, I think things like uh, Full Metal Alchemist and Attack on Titan and stuff like that brought anime a little bit more into the mainstream, and I think Beastars can do that with the furry culture as well, where we're seeing this as like, okay, furries aren't these weirdos. They aren't... They're they're not people that you should be scared of or worried. They're just... They're hobby enthusiasts. They're artists. They're people. And I think that Beastars represents that very well and i do want to give you guys a little bit of warning this is m-rated check the ratings on netflix they're not gonna lie to you about this <laughs> or for the reasons why they're doing this, this is a very mature show yes it's it's quite m-rated yeah I maybe mean, not as m-rated as castlevania but <laughs> yeah you're you're not gonna see dicks flopping around yeah, there was a lot of dicks in Castlevania, uh, which, <laughs> mind you, the first two seasons were all blood and gore and beheading and a lot of shit that, you know, really you should have just gotten the hint that by the time you get to the season three, it's like, okay, it's just a penis. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Beastars is definitely a lot more, not necessarily censored, but it's like, obviously, they... They it's, aren't showing you anything. It's not, um, like, visually graphic. Yeah. But it does have a lot of, a, like, mature themes. Exactly. That's that's the best way to explain it. Uh, the story is about a wolf who is actually a really, really nice guy. He has social anxiety. He's not good at talking to other people. He's... He's had the same best friend pretty much his whole life, and he would rather talk to bugs than his classmates. Yeah, and... He got into the drama club because he was invited, but immediately volunteered to be a stage lighter. Yeah, and the interesting thing about him is he, he tries to avoid the stereotype that like wolves have like they're mm-hmm. they're these strong animals and you know they're aggressive and everything and and he even you know to avoid that even to the extent of him like purposely losing fights and mm-hmm. you know acting weak yeah you know uh mostly because he feels like if he won a fight against somebody because he is a big strong wolf it would give other wolves bad reps or it would perpetuate more of the stereotypes and he even kind of he doesn't necessarily embrace the stereotypes but he accepts the fact that he's not going to be able to change people's mind about it people are going to think that he's a monster people are going to think like if some if a wolf is on the news for attacking an innocent herbivore or whatever he knows that he's going to go to school the next day and get a lot of shit yeah he's going to go to school the next day and all of a sudden all of the herbivores, like even ones that he would have considered friends before, are now going to be keeping their distance from him and, you know, like just that kind of thing. Yeah. And so for him, it's like 
he's accepted this idea in the world that you can't change people's minds. So you should just live your life the way you feel like and just accept what the public is going to see you as. And this becomes more interesting when some of his instincts are convincing him to try to eat somebody, but he ends up falling in love with her instead and the wires kind of get crossed. He's not sure if he the feelings he's feeling are romantic feelings or if he's just attracted to her because his instincts say she's food. Yeah. And this is a rabbit who honestly has had a bit of a bad rep at her school as well. She found that because she's so small and weak, the only time she ever feels like she's in control or that people aren't pitying her is when she's having sex. And so she has sex frequently. Any guy that finds her attractive. With multiple partners. Yeah. And she even steals the guy of a endangered rabbit species. Yeah. But she she's honest about it. She's like, I wasn't going after him. I wasn't he, going after him. He, he went after me. me. If your species goes extinct, you can blame him. It wasn't my fault. If your species goes extinct, uh, maybe you should put out. Yeah. <laughs> basically. So she is actually in love with the most popular guy in school. But that's because she saw him in a moment of vulnerability and promised him that she would not let anybody know about it. So she likes the idea of seeing somebody who is so powerful and re- well-respected having moments of weakness and having to rely on somebody like her to help him out yeah and open up to her so yeah which is really kind of sad for her because he does explain to her like hey i'm basically in an arranged marriage mm-hmm. this this is just a you know until that happens yeah thing and I think he does love her to a certain extent as well. Yeah. Which is very, very apparent by the end of the show, which we will not spoil because it's big. Right. There's times when you feel like you don't know if he really cares about people or if he cares more about the vision and reputation he's supposed to have. But trust me when I say those questions are definitely answered at the end. Yeah. Although the ending does leave a lot more things open. The very first five minutes of the show, we see a character in Alpaca, uh, who was actually good friends with the main character, be murdered by a carnivore at his school. Mm-hmm. And we never find out who the murderer is, even to right? the last episode. That's, that's what I want to know. How Who is the murderer? Yeah. Maybe it'll show it in, uh, or they'll figure it out in the second season. Yeah. Second the, season has been announced. The last episode, like literally the last five minutes of the last episode imply that the main character saw him. And was even like, why are you smiling? But we... Didn't get to see who it was. Yeah. So we know it's somebody the main character knows really well and can talk to casually. So it's... It's a very intense series that I think handled the questions of prejudice and how we handle it on a daily basis. Uh, Aggression. People who are in power. That's one of the big things I wasn't expecting was how, like, they constantly see this shift between, like, well, if... 
carnivores are in power. They're like the mayors or the B stars of the society. Then this is how they shape the world. And this is how everybody looks at carnivores. But when herbivores are in power, like they're the mayor or they're the B stars, then that shift changes drastically. And we have yet to see anybody who kind of fills both roles because there's not really an omnivore presence in this series. It's you're either a carnivore, you either eat meat or you only eat vegetables. Yeah. And so it, it does play a very interesting perspective of a two party system, I guess. And I, I don't think it even, we don't even know what a B star is. Do we like, yeah, it, they're basically, it doesn't really like, it's basically a popularity it. contest. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, it's it plays that a lot better. There's moments where you feel like Zootopia did this first, but honestly, it's it's a lot deeper. It's like Zootopia after dark. It is it is my headcanon that this is a prequel to Zootopia, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Cuz it's it's like they still have their animal instincts and like all sorts of like that crazy shit whereas in Zootopia, you know, all of that's played down yeah like zootopia feels like a more evolved more humanoid version of the same society and while zootopia tried to answer more the question of racism this one answers more the question of uh i would say like i said it's almost like a two-party system like power struggle yeah so except in this case the parties are almost equal there's nobody who has any kind of heavy majority and they've built society around the idea that these people have to coexist. Despite the fact they're kind of going against nature. So there's a, there's a scene where they end up in a back alley and there's an herbivore literally selling his fingers to carnivores. Yeah, he's, he's just like, hey man, 75,000 and you can bite my finger off. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's dark. It's interesting, and this is one you have to binge watch. So, yeah. It's also just... The one thing I do regret is that we didn't really get to watch the OP or ED very much, because Yeah, Netflix. Netflix is... They're weird with OPs and EDs. Some people prefer it. I think if you're a binger, you probably prefer it. But I... I'm typically not a binger. I so. I like to at least see the OP and ED once. Yeah, we did get to see the OP once. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so we might come back to this series again in a future episode, but honestly, with season one not being super long, we can't talk about too much of it without spoiling very, very big things, and this is one that you should not be spoiled on anything. So I think... We've said everything we can say about this show. It was well worth it. I think the CGI is gorgeous. Hashtag who was the killer. Yeah, hashtag who was the killer. Maybe when season two comes out, we can actually do a full episode dedicated to this show. Yeah. Who knows when that's going to be, so... Thank you, Netflix! I mean, the studio hasn't even announced when it's coming out yet, so... Yeah. But yeah, so that is my list for the binge watching that's 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 a list i, I think. think that's a lot to keep you guys busy right now and there's a little bit of everything maybe, for everybody maybe maybe that'll last you two weeks yeah hopefully maybe, maybe not maybe you're like me and you're just gonna stay up 
uh, and get as little <laughs> sleep as possible and just binge through a ton of stuff. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I did want to mention, just because it is relevant to current events. If you did buy tickets for Promare and you have not received an email about this yet, they are refunding the show. Originally, the plan was for them to reschedule it and give you the option whether you wanted to keep your tickets or refund them. But then I received an email from the theater, like, yesterday, saying that all refunds have now become mandatory and they have no idea if the event's going to be rescheduled at all. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate because this was supposed to be the first time we were supposed to get the full thing in theaters. Obviously, the uh, anime uh, convention showing has been cancelled as well. That was supposed to be a cheer show. So that one's been cancelled. I would say plan your own, but honestly, I don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine and you shouldn't be inviting too many people over to your house. But, hey, maybe do one on Discord or something. <laughs> uh, so so there's a, a lot of options now. Um, mm-hmm. I think PS PlayStation released a, a, a thing that you can watch with your friends mm-hmm. over the internet. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if Netflix has. Netflix has something similar. Uh, you can actually select a group of friends that have Netflix accounts. And you can choose a movie to watch together, and it will pause the movie if anybody pauses it. So it'll pause it for everybody. So that way you can all continue to watch it together. Yeah. There's no, like, real chat options or anything, but that's what your cell phones are for. You just put your cell phone, you know, like, Discord app on, and you can all talk to each other that way or something. Yeah. I don't know. So so obviously there's ways around it while you're all at Mm -hmm. respective homes. Yeah, and uh, Promare G-Kids did announce that because the event got cancelled, uh, they are releasing the digital version of the movie two weeks early. So you, that should be coming out actually a couple weeks, I think. Mid-April, I think, was the new release date. Don't quote me on that. The information's on their Twitter. Yeah. So I'll probably retweet it on the Kawaii Cast Twitter as well. Sounds good. So... Uh, with that, I think that's it. Uh, I think so. I can't think of anything, unless you have any news. Mm-mm, that was kind of my news, actually. All right. So, uh, with that, we're going to let Sounds you guys good. go. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.